welcome to another episode of This Is What Blind Looks Like podcast. This is our third episode, but before we get into our topic today, I kind of want to know how your week went, Kimberly. How was your week? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, My week is good. It's almost Christmas. It'll be Christmas in before we know it. And so I've been busy making my gifts and wrapping my gifts and things like that. But um, been really busy watching Christmas movies and doing all the Christmas things that are fun to do. I had earlier in the month, I had um, a Christmas concert and that was fun. And shout out to all my friends and family who made it in. They were not disappointed. And um, shout out to all my friends who were with me in the concert, too. But, um, yeah, that's what I've been up to, just keeping busy, and it'll be here before we know it. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Christmas. Christmas is, like, one of my favorite holidays. And I have also been watching Christmas movies. I've also been drinking some hot chocolate or coffee you know, because it gets cold and you just want something warm and you also just want to just snuggle up in your blanket and watch movies and TV. And I've been craving eggnog. I hate that you can only have it at this time of year. And so um, I always make sure every time I go to the grocery store to grab some up, but it's expensive and it's pretty fattening, but like so is most of the other Christmas treats and things like that. It's just the time of year when like you can't avoid it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. You know, I've never had eggnog, but I last year for Christmas, um, at our family Christmas, I made this well, people call it Puerto Rican eggnog. There's no egg in it, but it's called Coquito and it is a coconut based uh it is a coconut based drink oh yeah so there's cream of coconut cinnamon nutmeg vanilla and i'm trying to think of what else is in there but it is so good and you serve it chilled and it is just amazing speaking of yummy treats i know you said something about eating yummy treats for christmas i've i've been baking cookies like yeah really good chocolate chip craisin cookies and oh yeah like god they're so good I mean I I love the traditional chocolate chip cookies I love baking those but I found I have this recipe for chocolate chip craisin cookies and they have chocolate chips craisins oatmeal but you can't um well no it's not oatmeal but it's like the cooked oats Mm -hmm. um and so think of your chocolate chip cookie recipe, um, but you add in, like, the cooked oats, the craisins, and the toffee. Wow. Yeah, that's that sounds really good. And, oh my gosh, it is so good. They come out so crunchy, and I'm going to be baking some more, so, because I want to actually um, bring some for family and, you know, a our friends get together and stuff like that, so that'll be good. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> gosh, all this holiday talk and food and everything. The last episode we were talking about Thanksgiving. Did you have a Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh yes, I did, and it's so funny that 
our last episode was about Braille. And if you listeners haven't listened to it yet, it's our episode two, Braille is Beautiful. But I talked about how some of the contractions in Braille, how a letter by itself represents a word. And I brought these print and Braille alphabet cards to Thanksgiving to give to my nephew, who is 16 now, and my nieces, 7 and 10, and um, and then a few other kids, and, and the adults got in on it, on it too. And I was, there's like a code on the bottom of it that you have to figure out, so they're all trying to figure it out, and then I'm explaining it to them. I'm like, yeah, you know, B is but, you know, and then I kind of made it a guessing game, and it was so funny because all the um, adults are, like, getting into it too, and I was like, I... I was like, okay, now each letter represents a word, you know, and it starts with that letter. And so they were all guessing, you know, we get to like D and it was like dog. It's like, no, it's not dog. Now think of a word that you use every day. You know, we get to like one instance I I remember is we get to Q and they were so stuck on Q and they're like quilt. I'm like, again. A word we use all the time, every day. And, like, my family was all joking around, like, I use quilts all the time. I'm like, no, you use this word all the time, <laughs> like, you know? And so it, we made it into a game, and it was, like, so fun because they were learning. And it was like, oh, Braille, they're, they're actually, like, this can be fun to teach kids and things like that and so that's awesome it was kind of nice because I felt included and then I got my family involved too that is awesome that's so creative and it's a nice way to just get your family involved and that's really neat to have family traditions my Thanksgiving was okay like I you know my aunt and her fiance and their dog came over and we had really good food uh, and then I didn't brave the stores this year to go Black Friday shopping early in the morning. My mom and aunt did that, and I just went to sleep. I did tell my mom, however, that I wanted a salt lamp, so she got that for me, and that was nice. I still haven't used it yet, but I'm going to. I just mm-hmm. gotta organize my room a little bit, but I'm so excited. But yeah, that was my Thanksgiving. It was really lax, really low-key. Um, nothing extravagant, nothing crazy. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to our episode, shall we? Sure. In this episode, we're talking about assistive technology and... I know a lot of our listeners out there probably don't know anything about what we're talking about or the fact that it even exists. So that's why we're going to tell you about this because I know everyone has questions like, oh, how do you know what if you're matching your clothes or how how do you do this and that? And it's like there's so many options out there that we're going to tell you all about how technology has come so far It has a long ways to go, but how there are so many options for us to choose from, not just one choice, but a few choices of things that we can use to do the same thing. Yep. Yep. And assistive technology helps us navigate 
the world around us, but not only that, but it helps us in the workplace, at school, or just like with anything that we need. You might wonder, what is assistive technology? Well, assistive technology is products, equipment, and systems that enhance with learning, working, and daily living skills for persons with disabilities. So, and there's so many different types of assistive technology. There's, there could be, like, things that are low-tech, like, for example, communication boards. For people with, uh, you know, like, a communication, like, disability, and, you know, you can make communication boards out of, like, cardboard or fuzzy felt, um, or, um, assistive technology could also be high-tech, so, like, computers with like screen magnification or computers with a screen reader or computers with um text-to-speech software things like that um or it could be or assistive technology could also be hardware like prosthetics mounting systems and positioning devices um it could also be computer hardware like special switches keyboards pointing devices And, as I said, it could also be, like, computer software like screen readers and communication programs. Assistive technology can be so much more. It can be electronic devices, wheelchairs, walkers, braces, educational software, eye gaze and head trackers, so much more. And it helps people who have difficulty speaking, typing, writing, remembering, pointing, seeing, hearing, learning, walking so many other things like different disabilities require different assistive technologies so for us who are blind and low vision we have a assistive technology that helps us so you might wonder if something isn't in braille how does a blind person read it you want to talk about that sure let's face it us blind and low vision folks are in a sighted world the world does not cater to us it caters to the sighted and we're just the minority although there's conventions and plenty of things that the blind can take part of that's exclusively for them when it comes to the everyday world we don't have access to things we can't uh we can't see the sign on the door that says the store hours or um we don't know what the sign on our apartment building door that has a uh, warning on it well what i'm gonna tell you about is this computer program called kurzweil and this was made from a man called ray kurzweil and he pretty much noticed that lots of things are in print and that us blind folks don't have access to it and he wanted to find a solution. So what this program does is it's a computer program and you have a scanner that you connect to your computer and you install the program on your um, computer and On that program, you will take a piece of paper, even like a book or just like a sheet of paper that has instructions on, even like a box of 
food or something, anything that has print, you will put on your scanner, press a button on your keyboard, it will scan it, and then on your computer it'll start talking and, and telling you what it scanned. I've used this before for reading mail, and so do a lot of my friends. Also, um, but the one disadvantage is that it can't be like handwriting. Like, say someone wrote, like, jotted down a note or something, I wouldn't be able to scan it and have the computer recognize it. Let's face it, computers can only do so much. But, um, yeah, that's how you, that's how a blind person is able to gain access to printed text, I should say. And then the other program I would like to include is called Open Book. And this is a really similar where you take a book or any printed material and you scan it and it reads it out loud only this is a lot more efficient like you can set it up so that it will scan maybe like every 30 seconds so you'll take the book and you'll do the one page and then you'll lift it up and do the next page and it'll just keep scanning and scanning and that way you can get through printed material like an entire book or like a contract of some sort or anything like that really quickly one other way besides a scanner is something that I have called the Pearl Edge camera. And it's this really portable camera that you can like fold up um, kind of like a tripod stand or something because it kind of has its own little stand. And it sticks up in the air and you position the top of it over the document. And I will use this in my transcription endeavors which I explained in our last episode, and it is a lot faster, and it just pretty much flash, you press like spacebar on the computer, flash, it can scan something even faster than 30 seconds like Kurzweil. It can scan it pretty much instantaneously. And that way, when I'm going through a textbook and say this, or an assignment, or just any printed material that's a little thicker than I wish it wouldn't be. Um, th that's where that would come in handy. And then I could get through it so much easier and, and see the go through on screen word by word. Same, you can do the same thing with Kurzweil and see what uh, that have the computer tell you what was it that you scanned and read to you and go character by character or word by word or paragraph or paragraph. And that way we can also pick up grammar and things like that. Okay, yeah. If you guys were curious to know what OCR stands for, um, it stands for Optical Character Recognition, which means that it would read printed text out loud to you. As Kimberly was saying. You know how you were saying that Kurzweil doesn't read handwriting? Right. Yeah, because in the past I used to use Kurzweil. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I I loved it. I was, like, really big on using Kurzweil if, I, if my material wasn't um, available to me in large print. Anyway, so Seeing AI is an app for your iPhone. I don't know if it's available for Android yet. It might be. I'm not sure, but Microsoft actually invented it. Or, well, they came up with it. And 
it takes things a step further because you can actually read handwriting. There's an option to read some, you know, to read what somebody wrote, which is really, really nice. Yes, I've never used that option. I don't know how in the world they can include that, but they do, which is really nice. Because if you think about it, everyone writes differently. And so how does a computer, and I know computers are great in, in, in technology and stuff, but how on earth is it able to decipher someone's literal handwriting if everyone's is different, you know? I have no idea, but I think it's really cool that they even have that option in the first place to begin with. It is. I love that app because it can do so much. It's like everything all in one where it can do the same as Kurzweil. Like, um, you can either hold up your camera above the what you want read and it'll start saying what it is or you can take a picture of it um and i i've actually used that to like play different card games that have like words on them where i'll hold up my phone and use that app and it'll and i'll have my airpods on or earbuds or whatever and i'll be able to hear what it says and no one else will but mind you i kind of have to have the card right there on the table scanning it so i have to kind of trust that people aren't looking but anyway um it's it's so cool because it can read like fine print Mm -hmm. like if you have aspirin bottle and say you're not sure on how many hours in which the aspirin will last it's is it four hours is it six is it eight is it twelve it'll read you all that little fine print that no one reads but that occasionally you need to sift through and it'll read you all of that is like how on earth can it read something that tiny so it's just it's amazing yeah i think it's really really cool that they have that and i think it's awesome because it also it assists with like color identifying light identifying facial recognition or facial recognition i should say facial recognition money scene recognition so i mean that's really awesome that that you have this app that can do so much more well and when we talk about like um color recognition and currency money recognition and stuff you just like hold it above whatever it is that you need it to recognize and it kind of has its own little scanning identifying feature and then it'll say say it i know that Angie, we have a friend who sometimes when people go by them, they're completely blind and they accidentally, they, they, they're not thinking and they leave the lights on. And then the people that are completely blind and live alone or live with someone that's blind also, if they didn't turn on the lights, they don't know that they're on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it's really useful to have because I've had people say where their friends and family will come and they'll leave like the whole light on and I'll be by them and I'll be like, did you want your whole light on? It's on. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't even know that was on. I think the last person that was here was three days ago. You know, it's just like, with that light recognition that you just uh, pointed towards the light and it has this beeping feature and it kind of has a tone that if it detects the light, the tone will change to a different sound or faster or a different pitch. 
And so that's just to check, like, is my kitchen light on? Did someone leave a lamp on? That way you're not burning out all your light bulbs and not even knowing it. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. I can see how it could be really useful for somebody who's total, like, the light feature. So, yeah, so that's one form of assistive technology that we have. And um, there's also screen readers. Kimberly, do you want to talk about screen reading technology? There's a screen reader that most of us use called JAWS. And you install it on your computer. And it pretty much, if you use different keystrokes, it will do whatever it is equivalent to what a mouse can do with just like a click say i'm sure most of you techies know like all that four closes the window well we know that instead of hitting that little x in the corner we just do all that four and boom you're out of that window like control p in word documents that's to print we memorize or We just use them so much that it gets ingrained in our memory and different keystrokes will control anything pretty much that a sighted person can do with a mouse. And people don't realize that when it comes to us navigating a computer. Like some people are shocked when we say, oh yeah, I'm blind and I'm going to go into the office field because I'm really good at that. And they'll be like, how can you go in the office field? You have to use a computer. Well, JAWS is what I use and this is what it does and so on and so forth. But I have to go into something that's kind of funny that like my family reminds me of this all the time where it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like how you can adjust like Siri, you can adjust the voice, like the accent or the the gender of the voice and things like that. When I first got it, I thought it was so cool because my friend um, helped me set it up and I was like messing around with the pitches and the tone adjustment. And then I'm like, oh, wait, you there's voices here. I'm like, oh, what's this? And I decided to settle on a little British boy. And so it would be going on the computer. It'd be like, opening up Internet Explorer, dot, 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 like that. And so it was the cutest sound, like voice. And it was just, my my family would just die. They'd be like, and then you can also adjust the speech rate. So it could be talking really, really fast like this. And even, like, faster than that. And what people don't know is they're like, oh, do you have it on so we don't know what you're what you're doing that's that's a very common reaction we get when it comes to making the voice rate so fast and the reason is not because we don't want people to know what we're doing because obviously they can just look over our shoulder and see what we're doing but it's because our brains take in information so much more quickly than we can say So I could have the, I keep blanking on what it's called, the speech rate, like at 80 some percent and be able to understand it while everyone else around me who cited it'll be like, is that in another language? No. And then I like 
adjust the speed so it talks as slow as this so they know exactly what I'm doing and so I can show them you know so um we can go on the internet we can be in an excel spreadsheet we can go on word we can do pretty much most if not almost all the things that are available to the sighted public but one thing that we do struggle with with JAWS I don't know, should I add this, Angie, about things being, websites being accessible? Yes, 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 please do. Please, please oh, talk about that. One headache that we deal with is that websites need to be set up to work with JAWS. And there's certain specifications that someone who sets up a website needs to, needs to follow that work with JAWS. Otherwise, all we get is button, button image text um one thing for like pictures on facebook it's just like image and or, or memes and it's so frustrating when website programmers don't take that into consideration like for instance our own social security government website is not equipped one thing we struggle with is trying to fill out forms Lots of websites. Um, it's hard when we use certain keys and those forms aren't equipped to work with the keys that we know. And we can't get our cursor to go in that edit box and start typing in our name and, and things like that. And what the real kicker is, is that there's this big statement on the website. It is illegal to have someone help you fill out this information. Okay, well, I could counteract that and say it's illegal for you to have this in inaccessible to me, and I need someone to help me fill this out, you know? So that's a, um, it is another ADA thing where websites need to be accessible, but a lot of the people either are ignorant or just overlook it and don't think about it. So there's a lot of blind professionals that their main job is to make like a store's website accessible. Like I have a lot of blind friends who work at behind the scenes at Target and making that website accessible. So we are, are the blind can online shop just like everyone else and can fill out all the things that need to be filled out and can do everything a sighted person can do without needing assistance and relaying your card number to someone who you don't know if they're gonna write that down or memorize it and things like that the, the whole trust factor and identity theft I could go on and on but so that's that's what we deal with all the time so it's such a relief when a website is something that when we don't have to deal with that there's different kinds of screen readers, like like Kimberly mentioned. There's Jaws by Freedom Scientific, and there's also there's also a free screen reader called NVDA, and it is by Non Visual Access. It's free. You can download it on your PC, and if you're a Mac user like me, there's Voiceover. Oh, and then for people that have Google Chrome's, there's Google Talkback. Yeah, there's a bunch of screen readers out there. They all do the same thing. They all have, like, different commands, obviously. But the one that I've used is VoiceOver. And, yeah, I mean, so there's screen readers. There's also screen magnification software programs. So, like, if you have some vision, um, they're very useful, too. The one that I used when I 
was using a PC was called Zoom Text. Um, and they have like different magnification settings, different options for cursors, pointers, that kind of thing. So like I was never able to see like the regular mouse cursor, so I had to use so for me, like having a giant one that I was able to just like pick out real easily was good. And there was also like Zoom text that had the option of like a screen reader. Also, I mean, it wasn't as it wasn't as good as or I don't want to say that it wasn't as good. It wasn't as capable of everything like Jaws is per se, but it was able to read text and stuff like that. So that was really useful to me especially because like my eyes would strain um there's also another program called magic which also does screen magnification i believe the same company that makes jaws which is freedom scientific makes magic and again if you're a mac user like me there's zoom and zoom and voiceover they're free they come on each macbook each imac each mac computer that you buy it's accessible right out of the box and I use Zoom as well as VoiceOver. I use them both interchangeably and I'm able to make my computer, I'm able to magnify my computer screen to as big as I need it. Um, for example, when I edit, I'm using Zoom. And so <laughs> it's funny because like I had people, when I was going to school for audio engineering, I had my instructor and I had other people just be like, oh my God, I just can't take it. Like you're that <laughs> bit of waveform is taking up the whole screen and I could be talking about a whole different section and you're so zoomed in that like, you know, it was sometimes it was kind of hard for me to because as my instructor was teaching class, it was hard for it was harder for me to see what he was doing after like when he would like turn us loose to do our assignment whether it was an exercise or whatever it was or whether we were like on break time, I would just, you know, ask my instructor, "Hey, could you could you explain this to me? What did you do here? That kind of thing. Because he was kind of moving along fast. And I can't really see what you're doing up on the screen. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So he would come over and he would walk it through with me. Um, so I could see what he was explaining. But yeah, uh, Zoom is great. Screen magnification is great if you have some vision. And can't use a regular a computer like a sighted person would so that makes it easier when you're using a computer you don't have to like you know you can do everything everything and anything you need to do whether it's email web browsing whatever it is it just makes it easier for you to read easier for you to see it can i expand on that yeah go ahead one thing that helps with those magnification programs like zoom text in general oh my gosh you talking about it is it's all coming back to me because i use that when my vision was kind of stable and then not. And so I had things so blown up, you know, on the screen. One thing I did a lot was like chatting, like Yahoo Messenger or whatever. So I'd have like the one um, line, like so large that like if someone walked in the room, they could see like all five of the words <laughs> read out on the screen. But yeah. it, was, it was definitely not discreet. But I remember how you, you mentioned the cursor. The only other one I can think of is that, like, red X, that, like, cross one that you could choose from. Because some people, instead of being able to see, like, the the little pointer, more of, like, an X, kind of, like, 
when you're lining up a shot in a yep. in a scope for for yep. shooting mm-hmm. targets or whatever that that was an option but one thing that i had to do was invert the background color okay because i could read white on black but not black on white and this is actually pretty common for those with low vision because my eye doctor explained to me that we have like cones in our eyes and for us with low vision things filter through light and in our surroundings filter through those cones differently like some people could have it like distorted a little bit and so having different backgrounds like in other ones might include it might be easier for someone to see blue text on a yellow background or vice versa yeah or like neon green text on a black background or vice versa but i had it inverted where it was white text on black background because mm-hmm. actually like i'm thinking back to the site that i used to have it's a lot easier on the eyes yeah it is than Mm -hmm. trying to pick out something dark against something light yep it is i would do that sometimes too and you know how zoom text how it has like the like the cursor options the big large Mm -hmm. green cursor oh yeah that made so much of a difference in the world because i couldn't see the white the little white cursor i couldn't it was really hard for me to like see you know and i still can't you know i'm a mac user now (laughs) so like i my black cursor i have it the largest setting so i always know where i'm at so however individuals with mild vision loss may not need screen magnification software so sometimes like for the for people with very like with mild vision loss a larger monitor or dual monitors on a movable arm will increase the size of the text and the graphics and they would allow them to easily move the monitors closer while keeping the material on a screen like icons windows menus text and contrast may also be adjusted without needing the screen magnification software and also lowering the screen resolution would help those people as well and sometimes also like setting up like the font on an application would help too for me that never worked because sometimes i would have like um like, and, um, what was I gonna say? I'm, like, losing my train of thought. Okay, like, for sometimes, like, at school, there was always, like, a specific computer with Zoom text, but if they couldn't get Zoom text on a specific computer, sometimes they would try their best to make it work for me, but it right. was never, it was never enough. Like, it was never successful. Like, I remember I took this, um, PowerPoint class in high school and they couldn't get zoom text to work on that computer so i it took me longer to do everything but somehow i managed to get by and to pass that class even though i was having a harder time than everyone so yeah i mean imagine like your screen being like magnified and everything yeah it takes you longer to do things but without it it takes you even more like more time to do something so that was hell for me but I got through it somehow. Oh. I don't even remember how, but... Too bad you didn't have Jaws. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, like, <laughs> you know, I still... I mean, I, I can still use Zoom. Like, I use it for editing. But after a while, my eyes just get really strained. So I have to take breaks for my eyes to rest. 
I could learn how to use yeah. Pro Tools with VoiceOver. However, Pro Tools is a very tedious audio program. Um, if you have done anything in like audio engineering in the audio engineering field, you'll know that Pro Tools is the industry standard software to use. And yes, I did learn a little bit of VoiceOver on the Mac, and that would be something for me to want. Well, not want, but I'm actually considering to learn Pro Tools with a screen reader at some point because it would make my life so much easier. Right now that I am using Zoom when I edit, I rely heavily on key commands. Key commands help me so much and they help make my life a little easier and uh, also having like templates and stuff like that, that helps. So... Sorry, I know I'm like going, I'm veering, I'm derailing a little bit on the topic, but just because I just wanted to throw that in there because I don't know if people probably don't know that for me editing, I it takes me long because of my having to zoom things in for me to see it and my vision and stuff like that and my eye fatigue, so... Um, and sometimes, yes, it's taking me longer to release episodes, but not because of that, but, you know, life and things like that. But anyway, I'm, like, derailing, and I shouldn't be. So, that is all for screen magnification. Kimberly, do you have anything to add? Anything? Let's talk about low vision devices, but first, if you guys go back to the Braille episode, Kimberly discussed that they, that there are Braille notes, well, Kimberly discussed that there are braille note takers and braille displays and things of that nature. That is also considered assistive tech, but we're not going to really dive into that just because Kimberly explained everything in the braille episode. So if you want to know more about braille note takers, head on over to the braille episode and Kimberly will talk all about it. But let's talk about um, low vision devices. Sure. What did you want to talk uh, about first? Let's talk about pocket magnifiers. Okay. Like, do you mean like the CCTV ones or just no, the standard No, just like your magnifier. standard. Okay. So magnifiers, those have been around for like ages. But for some people, they work for them. And there's different kinds with different... I want to say prescription levels, but I know that's not levels. the word. With different... Like, levels yeah. of power. Uh, like, for me, okay. I was always <laughs> like, more power, please. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so there's those. There's monoculars that I think oh, I, I talked a little those. bit about in the Brill episode. so much. I actually have a funny story of when I was a little kid involving a monocular. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so... Go on. Monoculars... I want to hear it. Okay, so you know how there's binoculars, <laughs> right? So, monoculars, mono means one. Mm-hmm. So, monocular, a monocular, it's like this little tiny thing. It's kind of like a binocular. It's handheld. You hold it close to your eye and you're able to, like, see whatever you need to see at a distance. Pretty much, um, if you have yes. one eye... If you're only looking through one yep, eye of yep, a and binocular. and that was always the case with me, um, since I have what you call monocular vision, vision in one eye, so to speak. So, when I was a kid, my vision teacher gave me a monocular, and I hated it so much, because, you know, I 
was having issues, like, focusing the monocular, and, like, I just, ugh, I hated it. So, I hated using it so much, and I just hated having to use it that I didn't bring it to Say school. Say it. Yeah, okay. So, I didn't bring it to school one day, <laughs> and I lied about losing it. Um, like, I lost my monocular. Oh, and those are so Yeah, and I remember my, my... Uh, <laughs> my vision teacher was kind of upset at me like why would you lose it and like my parents were like mad that I lied about it and I was just kind of like I just I just hate it like I hated using it so much um <laughs> I was like six or seven um <laughs> oh my god so yeah that was my little thing my little story <laughs> and I haven't used one ever since <laughs> it but it was just the fact that like it so clearly made us different you know like because I was in a public yep. school and, yep. and so were you but it was like none of the exactly. other kids had to use that stuff and it was like you didn't want to be singled out and you know that kids would yep. single you out mm -hmm. when you used it and so I do remember that one thing I needed was yep. this, like, stand. Oh, and it took my up the God, whole desk. I hated it was like that. A, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I didn't mind it, but the thing was, everyone sitting behind me did <laughs> because it would obscure their view of the the board or whatever. I had two, I had like, two to huh? two different stands. One for reading, one for writing, and one for, like, drawing. I always think of it when I have to stand at a podium. The, oh, God. Because it reminds me. Everything. Well, the thing for me is that I was always put in the yep. front seat of the mm -hmm. classroom. So I had the benefit of sitting yep. by all the naughty kids. And that's the last place I wanted to be. So I'd have all the naughty kids around me. So then me sitting in the front, which really didn't make that much of a difference. I didn't realize and do anything about it until high school. Finally, I'm like, I can't see the board anyway. I'm sitting in the back, you know. But I remember this instance where I was using it for like one of the first times and the kids behind me, it was like second grade, and the kids are like, oh, move it out of the way. I can't see around that. You know, it is just like, oh, great. Here's another thing to single me out and have people complain about and bother me about and just another thing to sh yep. show that I'm different. And there was a friend of mine who always stuck up for me. She's like, J then get up and look around it. She's like, she... Yeah, you know, like, oh, I just can't get over it. And she always stuck up for me. And I just always remember her, like, telling off the kids, like, it's not a big that deal, so you know? And so it is. It really is. So, and then when my vision teacher would come, all the kids in the class, I they'd alert me, like, they'd have to be the first to tell me, okay, I'm your vision teacher's at the door. <laughs> stand didn't really bug everybody but like for me it bugged me because I'm like it's taking up all the room I just hated the fact that I was like so different from everybody else you know so I would just like take it and like not use it and then just like resort to like craning my head 
and putting my face on the papers to read. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do this. Like, and then I remember when I was a kid and like my vision teacher would come, like the kids, like, you know, cause they don't know. They'd be like, Oh, is that your mom? Is that your mom? Your mom's here. And I'm like, uh, she's not my mom. She's my vision teacher. And so, but like <laughs> the coolest thing though, I mean, sometimes it sucked, but I hated it. Cause like in the first I want to say first through, like, third, fourth grade, maybe. Yeah, from, like, the first to, like, third, fourth grade. And it happened in, like, fifth, sixth, and seventh and stuff like that. When I was a kid, my vision teacher would come and she would, like, take me away. Sometimes I I hated it because I'm like, you know, like, oh, we're doing something fun and... Or sometimes I'm like, oh, I get to miss a lesson. But sometimes I was like, yes, I get to go, you know, go away and like just feel alone, <laughs> you know. Right? When I was a kid, when I was like in the first, second grade, I don't know why she always did this, but I hated this. I dreaded it so much. She would bring like large coloring books and she would like make me practice like coloring in the lines and I hated it so much. I hated it so much, aside from, like, my homework and stuff like that. And then when I was in, like, second grade, third grade, she taught me how to type. And we, you know, she would teach me with, like, these typing games that she always had with her. That was how I learned how to type when I was a kid. And that's why I type faster than I can write. And typing is easier for me. So, yeah, so then there's that. I don't even know why she did that with me, the coloring thing. But we did that along with like homework and stuff like that and I learned typing this is this is when I was in Chicago by the way I learned typing and I also we also she also did this thing with me called listening skills where she would read me books and then I would give her a summary of what she read to me and she would ask me questions so that is actually one of the reasons why I'm an auditory learner and why my um why it's easier for me to learn just based on hearing things yeah so that's that's what she did with me and I actually I have to thank her for that because that actually helped me so much when it came to like note-taking and stuff like that like I was never really able to see what was on the board so and if I tried I would strain my eyes and I just couldn't do it so I would just resort to listening to what the instructor said and I would have a note taker take notes for me of anything that was written on the board. Right. So yeah, very it was very useful. useful very, very useful and I am very thankful for that because that has really served me well. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry, we kind of veered um, when we were talking about monoculars and I said my story. There's also uh, CCTV devices, which are closed-circuit televisions. And Kimberly, I know you said you don't want it to be confused with a certain something. Mm-hmm. Closed-caption television, because uh, they're both the same like acronym. And so everyone's like, closed-caption television? They have t- TVs that are closed-caption? No, it's closed-circuit, so... So CCTV, there's this, they're this screen, right? And they have, like, this, like, bottom that moves around, and there you place your your paper or whatever it is, and it has this light, 
then this little camera underneath, and then on the screen you see what what's on your paper. It's almost like a projector, only you see things not on the wall, but on a screen yes. that's in and front of you. and there's different color scenes and backgrounds and levels of magnification, so I used one in high school. I used one after my sight got worse, and I just thought it was the most amazing thing because it was another way I could read again, and... It's not exactly portable, like the, the, the kind that sits on the desk, but I loved it because you could change the background and magnify it, and it was my way of, before I learned Braille, being able to continue to read without having to listen to audiobooks yep. and stuff. Yep. and it's awesome, um, and there's also video magnifiers, which are like portable little CCTVs. Um, I used those in high school as well, and I still have one. And They're cool. They're like... Oh, God, how, how big them, would you say? Like, um, to be the size of, like, a, what do you even call it? Like a, like a, think of them to be the size, okay, to be the size of a portable um, game, uh, what do you call it? A portable, oh, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say Game Boy because they don't exist anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I can't think of what they call the portable oh, ones. Yeah. I don't know, maybe like, like the, the like small the Nintendo iPad? No, 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 no. More like a, think about it as a, like a Nintendo DS. Right, yeah. Or a um, PlayStation Portable. So, that kind of thing. Yeah, so think of them, think of them as like a, as like a handheld, a portable handheld game console. So I remember, like, when I had one in high school, like, somebody thought it was, like, a PSP or a Game Boy, and I was just like, no, it's not, like... <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And they they do the same thing. They have, um, different color scenes and backgrounds and magnification levels and stuff like that, so... There's that. And that's pretty much it for the low vision stuff, wouldn't you say? Okay, right. so, um, so I know earlier we said that we were talking about, like, a couple of apps and stuff like that, or, I'm sorry, I know that earlier we were talking about Seeing AI, which is the app on the iPhone, which has OCR technology, um, so, as you would, as you would know, I don't know if you know, but Phones now are very accessible. There's a lot of accessibility features. Uh, I know that a lot of people, or more people, are familiar with iOS and voiceover, like the iPhone, and how Apple has been very innovative and makes all their products accessible right out of the box. Well, there's also, like, Android and Google, and they've actually stepped up their game, and, and they've made their products accessible so there's like TalkBack for Android, which is a screen reader for Android, and there is a lot of apps that actually make our life so much easier. Like there's GPS apps like BlindSquare, Nearby Explorer, Lazarillo, Soundscapes, which again Microsoft came up with. 
which is really, really nice. Um, and then there's your OCR apps, like the KNFB reader, Seeing AI, Tap Tap See, and there's other apps which are really, really useful, like there's the Money Reader, um, which used to be called LookTel, which identifies money, obviously. And then there's apps where you have agents actually like somebody somebody actually behind a computer looking at your screen looking at what you're looking at um for example or should i say like i want to tap yeah tap, there's see. tap tap c so basically what i want to oh my gosh it's because i i i don't want to be so vague so right there's apps like ira be my eyes tap tap c where basically Let's say I'm at a store. Or no, no, no. Better yet. Let's say I'm at an airport. Okay? Let's say I'm at an airport and I'm looking for my gate. And rather than to find somebody to assist me at the airport, I want to use my phone to help me. So I have an app like Be My Eyes, Tap Tap See. Well, well, no, tap, tap, see, it's more of, like, you take a picture and it describes what you're looking at, but, um, Ira, be my eyes. We'll go into that later. <laughs> so there's Ira, be my eyes, and I believe Be Specular can do this also, where, let's say I'm, I'm trying to find my gate, right, I'll open up an app, such as Ira, be my eyes, or Be Specular, and... What they will do is they will connect me to an agent. So basically this agent is sitting in front of a computer. And their screen will see what you're looking at. What's in front of you. And so they'll basically, like, they'll have, like, a map or, or, or something, like, tell them, like, oh... Okay, so you're looking for gate A5. You want to turn left, turn right, go such and such, blah, blah, blah. Or let's say I'm at a grocery store and I want to find... Or no, let's say I'm at a store. Let's say I'm at Target and I want to find Q-tips. Or I want to find Q-tips or um, cotton balls or whatever I'm looking for. And they will say, okay, well, they'll they'll see what I'm looking at, um, and they'll be like, well, okay, so you are in such and such aisle. You need to go to the aisle where, like, the beauty products are, or something like that. You know, like, health and beauty products. So, yeah, so that, <laughs> so that makes, that, that, that helps make your life easier, um, and it's really, really helped a lot of people. I know Be My Eyes and Be Specular, like, they're free. I know Ira, you have to pay for the service. Um, you could either use Ira on your phone or once you get a plan, you know, an Ira plan that you pay for, you can have these, uh, like, they're like Google glass. They're like these glasses that you wear with the camera on the side that um they can send you and stuff like that and can use them when you use ira 
again, while it is a great service, you do have to pay for it, and it is not cheap. But it is a good service. Same with a lot of these yep. apps. Some of them are free, some of them aren't. Like, I know Blind Square is not free, you have to pay for. Um, Nearby Explorer, I know you have to pay for. KNFB Reader is pretty mm-hmm. pricey. Going back to talking about that, but just to let our listeners know that some of these are pretty pricey, but we do have options, so that's what's really good. and they're great, and they help make your life a lot easier. Um, And there's also wearable technology. Let's talk about that, because that's also have been paving the way for us as well. So we've already talked about Ira, which is great. I've never used Ira, but I know people who've used it, and they they really they really have good things to say about it. I want to talk to you about the Sunu band. Now I've never used their product, but I've heard of it, and so basically what this is is the Sunu band uses like radar and augmented reality, and it helps you travel. So. It provides haptic feedbacks, like it vibrates, and it guides your way around any obstacle, navigation sensors, and it connects you to the world that's around you. So it uses passive echolocation. That's all I really know about the Sunu Band. Again, I've never tried it personally, but I have heard good things about it, and I would be very interested to try it. Yeah, definitely. And it's not cheap. It, that yeah, it's not cheap cool. again. Like it is not cheap, but it would be something um, worth trying. So, which would be nice. And just like there's Ira, there's also Esight. There are these glasses that you wear, and they have a camera, and um, they help people with some vision read. And it's been said that they have helped people with some vision see, quote-unquote, see 2020. And again, they're very expensive. But I've never tried them. But I know somebody who has. And they don't always work for everybody. Some people they work great for, others they don't. But I've heard good things about them too. And there's other different companies that have made smart glasses like that like there is the orcam that has it has a speech voice that will tell you what things are new eyes there's like different different sorts of companies that are doing that now and that's really cool this isn't really um a blindness related product but i like to use it and it really helps me when I'm traveling. Like, I I have an Apple Watch, and I not only use it to work out, and but for me, I use it when I travel because it provides, excuse me, haptic feedback. So, for example, if I am going to turn left, it vibrates a certain amount of times for me to turn left or right. Which is really nice, because I don't have to pull out my phone 
to see or to know where I'm going. And it also has voiceover, which I use on my watch. I have voiceover on at all times because the screen is really small. <laughs> so it just makes my life easier. So for me, it's actually, the Apple Watch is actually um, a benefit not just for working out and it's not just because it's the coolest and greatest thing the GPS feature really really is really beneficial to me and also another thing that isn't specifically blind related but um, I actually went to a student seminar in Illinois I believe it was like what two years ago yeah two years ago yeah, two years ago or so, and I heard somebody talk about about them. It's called Tile, and they have so they have the Tile app, and there's these little tiles that have Bluetooth capability, and you can put them on your backpack, your keys, your purse, your duffel bag, your suitcase, whatever it is. Um, and it helps you keep track of your things. So for me, um, sometimes I misplace my keys and I don't know where they are. So I'll just open up the Tile app on my phone. I will go to the Tile where my keys are and I'll just um, have them like I'll just have it help me find it and it'll play like this distinctive sound and then I'll know where my keys are because my keys have a tile on them so for me that is that is so for cool. me that's no no it's I'm okay. sorry yeah so for me that's really really useful um and then you guys know well smart speakers are becoming a thing now and they're actually really, really um, beneficial for blind people because they can just do so much. Well, you mentioned the tile thing. I can think of so many things that I would use that for. I would use that for remotes because nothing has one remote anymore. There, There's a remote for, like, every... every individual gadget you have and so lots of times they'll be like okay did where did i put the remote hunt for the remote or oh gosh what else just anything yes, like that yes i didn't know yep. that that was mm -hmm. a thing yep and yeah that's so, so cool I mean, it's marketed for anybody sighted community alike I know some people misplace their car keys and but for me as a blind person I find it very 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 useful and I like it a lot um so there's that and as I said smart speakers like the Echo Dot, Google Home, the uh, Apple HomePod they're great to have as well I really like it because I don't need to use my I don't need to have my phone on me all the time and I just ask what the weather is or you know ask what but there's just not just for the general public but I know that blind people have actually found very very good use on uh, smart speakers because they just make your life easier
the I wish I had one. Yeah, I wish I had one. But when it comes to me finding my phone, I have mm-hmm. Hey Siri enabled. So I'm always like, Hey Siri. And she'll be like, Beep, beep. Yes. Oh my God. She just did that. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> yes. Did you hear what she said? Sight in your music. <laughs> that is too funny. But I'll say those words and then she'll say, like, Yes. I'm right here. And then that's how I sometimes find my phone. And I have a blind friend who lives in my building who she couldn't figure out where her phone was. I was visiting with her. And I'm like, just say, I have to stop myself from saying it. Just say those two words. She's like, but don't you know? I think she thought that like she had to have an internet connection or I forgot what it was. She's like, I'm like, no, I, I do it all the time. Just try it. And boom, she was able to find her phone. So... It's those nifty things that's for everyone yeah. that we oh, can yeah. take advantage yeah, of theory too. And you know, like I said, the smart speakers—they just make life easier. Texting, calling, asking what the weather is, asking to play like the music or whatever. For me, like I, I love that. I have an Echo Dot here at the studio, and I have my HomePod upstairs in my bedroom. And so, for me, like if I don't want to pull up my phone, I'll just be like, "Hey Siri," or if I'm down here, I'll say, "Hey Alexa," and it'll, yeah, it just, it just flashed. So, <laughs> so yeah, I really, really, really do cherish that, and I'm glad that we live in a world that all this new technology is just being invented and. It just keeps coming. But as we said, we there's still a long way to go with technology. While it's great, sometimes it'll fail. and But that's what technology is. Technology isn't going to always be perfect. So what happens when you don't have that technology? Can we talk about that? Sure, but I did want to um, mention TapTapC, and I forgot what the oh, other yeah. app was called, okay. and how there is a person on the other side that's identifying what you're taking a picture. Like, do you remember what the other app is called? Not Tapsy, but I want to say it's C and or Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Campfine. Spell that. Well, I will. Okay. C-A-M is in Mike. F-I-N-D. A lot of people think it's called Canfine, but it's Camfine. And there's... Where you take a picture and within about a minute or so, you get a identification of what you took a picture of. Like, I don't know, maybe you're not sure between the can of vegetables and the can of fruit. Like, you can take a picture and then there's a person on the other side that will identify it for you. And then they'll send like a little like three-word identification of whatever it is. And it can be something as descriptive as a brown textbook on a gray cushion, or some some will be pretty vague and be like, brown book, you know, or, or something like that. It just all depends on who's on the other side that's identifying it. I just want to do a little disclaimer, throw this out there. Whatever you do, do not take a picture of anything that's confidential or something that can be used for identity theft such as what if you forgot your credit card number and you wanted to take a picture of it well that person on the other side 
they have your credit card information now or let's say your social security number or just anything your bank statement anything that could be used against you do not use yeah, those apps that for that important. so that's all that i have to say important. for that because some people don't realize that it's an actual person on the other side identifying what you're taking a picture of. They just think that they're taking a picture and, like, the computer, there's some program, like, seeing AI that's identifying it. No, it's an actual person, and you don't want that right. stuff out Very there. Very well said. So let's talk about what happens when that technology fails. What do we do then? Like, let's say I have to read something, and... Let's say my phone is dead, so I can't use Seeing AI, or let's say for you, your, let's say your phone dies, so you can't use Seeing AI, let's say your, your Braille display dies. What do you do? I use a reader where you can hire someone, and it's best if you hire someone, and that way, that way you're not having one have access to your information because some of the information they might read can be pretty telling like what I just mentioned like for instance sometimes readers can help you read your mail because let's face it things like Kurzweil and I don't know some of the apps people are not as tech savvy and or they don't have the money and they aren't as fortunate to have access to those things go back to old school and you hire a reader who will come and read you your mail or they'll help you identify things that you want to throw out. Say you want to go through some old clothes. Some people use them to look at clothes and make sure there's not stains or fading on them. Pretty much anything that someone could help you with that you need right. their vision to help with another thing that I want to mention as far as currency and trying to identify that is that there's something called an eye bill that I use and I love it and I just love showing people it they're so fascinated it's this little device that actually deaf blind people can also use it because it has a vibrating feature where it'll vibrate a certain amount of times and to tell you what type of bill it is. But you put it in this and there's a button on the side. Or if you want to just be discreet about it, say you're in like a public place and you just kind of want to um, casually identify your money but not have people around you hear that or be paying attention to that. You can turn on the vibrating feature, but there's a little battery that it uses, and then it kind of, like, you put it in this slot sort of thing, and it'll tell you, it'll be, like, one, five, whatever bill you put in there, and it'll identify it. And then once that bill is identified, then we fold our money accordingly, and there's not a set way to fold it. Like, there's not oh, you need to fold your fives this way and your tens that way. It's whatever works for the person. And sometimes people, like, for instance, for me, I don't fold my ones because sometimes you just get too many of them. But the rest of them I do fold. And, like, you can fold it, you know, the long way, the short way. 
Some people tuck a corner in. I have different slots in my wallet where I keep certain bills oh, wow. separated. That's smart. And also don't expect to... Oh, yeah, I love it. And also don't expect to be identifying your money in the middle of the line at the store. So I have one slot in my wallet. I have, like, three different slots, and one is where I have my ones and, like, tens, and then I have my fives and twenties. And then the last one is where I just put my miscellaneous cash that someone handed back to me. And one thing that's kind of annoying that we that I have to remember to do on a regular basis is, oh, yeah, that money's kind of building up in that slot. I got to sit down and take the time to get this identified, which can be kind of a hassle because then you think about, like, oh, a sighted person, they can just open up their wallet and see it and take it out, and I have to place time aside to do this. But... At the same time, you can't dwell on that, and you have to be grateful for the things that are out there that can help us do this and help us do it yep, independently. Yep. Yeah, I like the idea of folding money because it's, it just makes your life so much easier. I do it. It helps me keep track of what I have. And yeah, there's also, so there's readers, and readers are great. Did you, did you talk about the disadvantages of having a reader? The disadvantages is that you kind of have to have almost a confidentiality agreement where you need to make sure that they're not taking your information. I Again, identity theft, I know we keep going back to this, but when you're blind, we're so vulnerable for, for people to take advantage of us and not really know it. And so you have to make sure that your reader agrees that they're not going to take your information. And you kind of have to pick and choose what you want them to see. Like for a long time, like I have a reader. I love her. She's the greatest. And she also helps me, takes me grocery shopping or even like Christmas shopping or something or helps me run errands. But... It took me a long time to gain her trust in which she would look at my bank statements. It was probably a good year and a half where I'd be like, oh, just put that aside. That's fine. And the thing is, she was cool with it. She understood she she has a business and she knows how, how personal that information is. And so take note and just... Just use common sense and make sure that your reader is someone who you can gain their trust in and you hope won't take advantage of you because that's always a risk that you're going to yeah, have to that take. That's very important. And thanks a lot for adding those tips in there because that really helps. So let's talk about tech for the home because there's tech technology for the home that helps us. And is great. Like, I love my talking scale. Love it so much. It's nice to have. Yeah, I have I have one, too. And I love it because when my nieces would come over, they'd be like, oh, cool. And they'd, like, get on it and listen to it and then step off and then step back on it. And they'd hear it, like, bathroom and be, like, giggling in the next room, you know? But it's like, 
I, lo- I love it. I just don't love the amount it tells yes, me sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think we can all relate to that. Like, just please say 10 pounds less than what it is. Like, be nice. But, nope. <laughs> or you get on it a couple times just to yep. make sure, you know. Did I hear you right? <laughs> I love that. Yep, there's, there's... There's plenty of things that talk. Like, for instance, I have a talking microwave. Mind you, it's hundreds of dollars. But, and it's not, I want to stress that it's not something we need to have. It's more of a luxury item. I had money saved up. It was on sale. My mom always says, if it's something you can use and it's something that you have the money to splurge on, get it. If it's going to help you get it, why, you know, why why pass that up? And my mom's taught me to be a very smart shopper and to use my money wisely. And so I have a talking microwave. I was just showing my friend the other night. She came to my house the first time and it was like this like learning experience for her because I was telling her about some office work that I was doing. She's like, how do you do that? I'm like, come in here and I'll show you and then I showed her jaws and everything she's so like fascinated about all of it and so I have a talking microwave I also have like a talking timer which is pretty useful there's talking scales for like a kitchen scale I need one also so Oh, the one disadvantage is, is that the stuff is not cheap by any means and that it's kind of, what's the word, for lack of a better word, ironic, that this stuff is out there, yet most of us live on Social Security or on very tight incomes who are blind, yet this stuff is, the prices are astronomically yes. high. Yeah, so it's like, it's a cash trying to, oh, this stuff is out there, but I can't afford yeah, it, like, you know? I have my HomePod, and I actually, I had birthday money that I used to get it, so, which was last year. So, I mean, I'm glad I have that. And then my Echo Dot, I got it when it was on sale. I want to say, like, two years ago or something like that. I don't remember. But, yeah, like, any any other assistive technology that we need, like, a Braille note. A CCTV, like, that's all so expensive. Oh, yeah. I also have talking clocks, a couple of them, around my house. And I like it because sometimes you can set it to where it will have a hourly timer that'll go off. Like, I don't know where it'd be like, boom, it is 3 o'clock p.m. And I just keep that on because... It keeps me on task. Like, I don't know, say say I'm just messing around the house, cleaning or doing whatever, and let's say that this is such a frivolous thing, but let's say that there's a show I want to (laughs) watch at, like, four. All of a sudden, my my clock goes off. It's like, oh, yeah, it's four. Yeah, okay, I'll have to turn that on, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's just a silly example, but... It, it does. It keeps me on task. It's like all of a sudden, oh, whoa, that hour flew by. Like, I did not realize it was already that time. So that's nice to have. And the good thing is that some of them, mine don't, but some of them have like a light and dark sensor. So even if you have that set, that'll go off. 
every hour. Once it gets dark, it'll it it won't it won't announce that. Oh, wow, that's cool. How about I know you were talking about your uh, what is it called uh, medicine organizers? I don't know what they're called. I can't think of what they're called. They're these medicine daily containers to separate your medicine. So, like, if you're t- having, if you have pills to take every day, but you can't quite, you want to make sure that you're taking them every day, or you're kind of forgetful. They have those pill separators where you, it has like the days of the week, like S M T W T F S, and the th- cool thing about it is that they have braille on, so like the the those letters are also in braille as well as print. And one thing that's good to know, the one that I have that my sister got me for Christmas, like last year, the year after or something, is that it starts out with Sunday. So you have to keep that in mind when putting the pills in that, okay, it's a calendar week, not like a work week, you know? And so Sunday is first, not Monday. So that can be a little confusing, but luckily there's the Braille labels on it. Why don't you tell our listeners how we, how we pour hot beverages without burning oh, yeah. ourselves. Okay, so I have not one, but two lovely little liquid indicators. And I don't know about you, but I love having tea. I love my coffee. So I'm not trying to burn myself. So I, well, not just me, but anybody who uses a liquid level indicator. So what it is, it's this little thing. And it has three prongs. And each of those prongs are, like, different levels. So, like, basically what you do is you put it on the rim of the cup. And when the liquid hits one of those prongs, it tells you, okay, all right, you've poured. Okay, you want a little more? Okay. But then it, it'll beep more and it'll be like, all right, okay, you need to stop pouring. Like, you need to stop pouring. Like, it'll be like, beep, 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 beep. Okay, I'll stop pouring. So, like, it has, like, three levels or, like, three prongs and they indicate, like, the three levels of, like, you know, when, when you should stop pouring and stuff like that. So, it's nice because it'll let you know when you should stop pouring and it helps, like, if you have, like, a really hot beverage, like, let's say it's water for tea or coffee or hot chocolate, whatever it is. I, I really like mine. I find mine really useful. They're like a must-have, whether you have no vision, some vision. Like, for me, I I love having it, and I didn't, I wouldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't see any, any way without it. Like, with cold beverages, it's, you could use them too, but I use them mainly for hot. For cold beverages, what I do is I just put my finger, like, on the rim of the cup, and if it touches liquid, then I know, all right, I need to stop pouring. Well, they're really useful, too. Let's say you're a blind oh, yeah, parent that's right. and you're filling Sippy up your cup kid's or something or a cup bottle. Or, or just filling up a guest's cup for them or something. It, it's it's useful to have without contaminating yep, their yep, beverage. That too. One thing I learned is that when pouring things, if you stop every once in a while and, like, pick up the cup, you can kind of tell by how much it weighs, yep. how full it is. 
that's another technique or like say you're filling a couple with water you can kind of tell by the sound of the water when it's getting fuller because it has a distinct sound when it's just starting to fill and then when it gets fuller and fuller that sound gets a little I want to yeah, say deeper like hollow or mm-hmm. distant almost yeah yeah hollow so that's another way for us to non-visually know how much we're filling yeah, up that's a the really glass good technique that's awesome just for our listeners to know. What we want to stress is that there's more ways to do one thing. And this is what I tell kids when I go in and public speak and tell them all about being blind. And I like using this example. Say there's a math problem. Like, let's just throw a, a number out there. Let's just say 15. There's so many ways with numbers to get to 15. You could do 10 plus 5, you could do 5 plus 5 plus 5, you could do 5 times 3, you know, 6 plus 6 plus 3. I can't think right now. But the point is, is that there is more than one solution to get the answer. And that's what I have discovered when I lost my sight and had to do things non-visually. They call them alternative techniques, which not just one technique there's so many different options out there we just need to be taught them for those of us who don't know them we we, we're very clueless and ignorant when it comes to doing these things if we didn't grow up blind and even if we did grow up blind you've got to learn it somehow and you're not going to learn it by your sighted family they're just as clueless as you and so i hope you guys understand that Although we are blind and low vision, there's so many things out there that help us. And there's not just one solution. There's so many and there's not a right or wrong solution either. That is correct. That is very true. Well, is there anything else that you want to add or that we should talk about? No, I think we covered everything. I think that's all for today. But I do want to... Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode. And this episode was produced by the both of us. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And I'm working on getting it on other platforms as well, such as TuneIn and Overcast and Downcasts and Stitcher for other people to listen. And I also just want to wish our listeners a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and... Happy holidays, because I know there's some people that don't celebrate Christmas or others that might celebrate another holiday like Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever it is that you celebrate. So happy holidays to you. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash this is what blind looks like podcast or on Twitter at blind looks like Thank you for joining us, and we really appreciate all our listeners. We will be happy to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. Please feel free to like our page or subscribe on your podcast app, and we will be back next month. Thanks, everyone. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you next time.